0: Welcome to the Rebel Energy Podcast with me, your host, Jade Ellsbury. I'm a corporate dropout and multiple six-figure online business owner. My mission is to help you get out of the nine-to-five mindset and create a new narrative for moms working from home to gain more freedom, more income, and living your dream life by cultivating your own Rebel Energy. So grab a glass of wine, get comfy, and let's dig in. Hello Rebels! So excited to have you guys back with me And this episode. I'm going to be disclosing the real reason why I went to go invest in a virtual assistant coach. Yes, I want to provide for my kids, but here is why. Stay tuned. <laughs> so during this time, his drinking had escalated. I felt so dumb for not putting it together, but he was super moody Um, even more disconnected than he normally was. I knew something was going on, but I was going to bed early because I was at home with a newborn all day and I was getting up really early to make sure that I would get my workouts in. So one morning I go downstairs to go get my workout in and I sat down on the couch to put my shoes on and I smelled something gross. And I looked down right next to me. I had almost sat in a pile of his vomit. I was so mad and so disgusted, obviously, because I almost sat in it because it was it was dark downstairs. But I mean, really who thinks about having to look out for a pile of your husband's puke when you go into your own living room? So that was one occurrence and that's when I really started to piece together what was going on. He was staying up late, apparently drinking, and then getting up in the morning and going to work and living his life. But he was hiding it from me. And I started to look around and found empty bottles and things. And so, you know, his go-to is beer. I'm more of a picky drinker. (laughs) So there was like bottles of vodka that would go missing, wine, any alcohol in the house. And so it got to a point obviously I asked him to to go get help or even to talk to me about what's going on, would not do it. I remember one night I woke up to him choking on his own vomit. And of course I had to, you know, c- clean it up because he just passed back out. And I just remember feeling so alone during this time. He was never a real big communicator He always had a wall up, I feel like, and I'm the opposite. I'll talk about anything, anyone, like I I don't care. And so, you know, especially with two little ones and a newborn, it just, it was really disappointing. And also too, I felt a lot of guilt, like we weren't good enough. His wife and kids, his family, like we, we weren't good enough. And so that's why he was drinking, and that's why he was depressed, and we weren't even worth it enough for him to go to counseling. This was going on, I would say, for about two years. So February 2019, we had my, well, she was my best friend at the time. It was her 30th birthday, but the boys also had a rodeo that night. So the plan was, Cody was going to go to the rodeo, I was going to go out with my friends, and then we were going to meet back here in town and he was going to come pick me up because obviously I wouldn't be able to drive. We meet at the bar. Everyone's there. And he is just being a total asshole. And I put together after a few minutes, I was like, he is freaking drunk. And he was supposed to be my DD. So we get home. I pull out the trash can. He literally had buried Because at this point, he was hiding his drinking from me and trying to say, like, I don't have a problem. And for me, it was hard for me to distinguish if he did have a problem because I always thought of alcoholics. I've never been around it. I thought being an alcoholic was not being able to function, not hold a job, all of that. He could totally go to work hungover, be fine all day, and then at night get totally wasted and do it all over again. And to me, I I wasn't quite sure, obviously, until I talked with my therapist, if that was an actual drinking problem. So I pull out all of these beer cans, beer bottles, and obviously he gets really pissed off. It turned into a huge fight with him putting me in a headlock and then shoving my face into the bed so I couldn't breathe. I was so scared that I peed my pants. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm crying. I've re recorded this multiple times. I'm not going to get through it without crying. But yeah, I peed my pants because I've never been so scared in my entire life. And I just remember thinking, I'm never going to see my kids again. And that was the worst moment and feeling of my entire life. So finally, he let me go. I have no idea how long that even happened for. And I ran towards the door. I just grabbed the first set of keys that I found, ran out the door, and I should have called the police. I didn't grab my phone because right before he choked me, he spiked it off the ground and it was broken. I do remember on the way out the door grabbing... I don't even remember if it was beer bottles or beer cans. I think it was bottles. My broken cell phone and the car keys on the way out the door. And luckily, he was drunk enough where he was stumbling and not quick enough to stop me. And as I was driving to his parents' house, because at that point, I was like, I I have to get them involved. If it's to the point now where he's freaking choking me. And on the way there, which it was blizzard, it was snowing it was it was the roads were terrible looking back i should definitely not have driven but at that time i didn't have a cell phone i didn't know where his cell phone was and i just had to get out of there and i think too with that happening i had so much adrenaline i don't know it probably just even sobered me up to be honest but i drove to his parents house which they just lived a couple minutes away and on the way there I saw his cell phone light up and so his cell phone he'd actually left it in the car and so I called his mom and woke her up told her I was on my way there so she met me at the door and I showed her my phone the beer bottles told her what happened and she was like yeah like we will we will talk to him and handle it tomorrow and I was like okay why I did not call the police in that moment I have no fucking idea looking back I am so upset that I did not call the police. I'm assuming it must've been because we had kids together and I didn't want to make his parents upset, but I really, it, it should have happened, no doubt. That was February, 2019. I tried to hurry up and do like an emergency session with my therapist, but unfortunately, I think her face got burned, like she was in an accident. And so it took me a little bit to get into her. But I went to her and told her what happened. And she was like, Jade, you have to leave. And even though she told me that, I was still coming out of the fog. I was still trying to piece together the fact that I was not the problem, that I had been abused all these years. And honestly... I think I was so traumatized by that event that I couldn't even realize the magnitude of what had happened until September of 2019. So during that time, I was obviously still going to my therapist. I was really, really trying hard to still get my VA business up and going in to get income because I knew I had to leave him. And September 2019, I just, for whatever reason, I think I realized how, like, we didn't even have a marriage at that point. I didn't, he did not lay a hand on me again after that. He did not. But I think the only reason why is because I told his parents. And to me, I'm like, a grown man in his fucking 30s can't go get help, you know, even though I'm begging him to, can't admit he has a problem. But I go tell his parents what's going on, and that's enough to make him go get therapy. But the bad thing is that he is so charismatic that he totally had his therapist fooled. Even the people since then that I have told about what happened, they can't believe it. He's such a great guy. He coaches on his kids' teams. He's super friendly, social outgoing fun laid back no way he could have done that no those are usually the ones that are the fucking best at hiding it so anyways that September I go make an appointment I'm like it took me a long time to mentally get in the spot of like I need to do this and I think a lot of it had to do with money I had not worked my corporate job since January 2018. Here I am a year and a half later in the same fucking spot trying to get clients, trying to get my business up and going. So I went to the lawyer that was recommended to me by my therapist that September. It was going to be $3,000 for a retainer. I didn't have that much money anywhere. Not in my retirement, not in our savings. It would literally have taken me Oh my gosh, at least a year, if not more, to save that money. And we were barely getting by as it was. I was having to put shit on credit cards. So I didn't even have a credit card to go and put this retainer fee for the lawyer. So I went and talked to him after that and told him I wanted a divorce because I was hoping, you know, maybe we can just find a way to do it more cheaply where we don't have to get lawyers and have it get ugly, whatever. And he cried and begged for me to stay. You know, I'm going to therapy now, blah, blah, blah. Well, a year later, nothing had changed. He wasn't laying his hands on me, but he wasn't communicating. He never wanted to have sex. He said he wasn't in the mood, but yet I found all of this porn on his phone, on his computer. It was just constant lying and hiding. And by the way, he was still. Drinking. Over the course of 10 years, I actually kept a diary. And during that time, I went back and found this diary. And it's literally me complaining about the same things over and over. And it was obviously the number one problem the drinking and laying hands on me. And in these diary entries from when I was 20, 21, 22, it was the same cycle. And here I am 10 years later reading this. And that's what really hit me is like, wow. Because I think after you're with someone for so long, you, you tend to forget things. And I guess I didn't realize at that point that it was literally that bad even from the beginning. And so reading these diary entries from eight, nine, 10 years before, I was like, holy cow, nothing has changed and it's gotten worse and so I decided I didn't tell him this part but I was like I'm gonna give it one more year and so in that next year okay so that's September the very end I think I signed up with her like September 30th October 1st I only had $1,400 in my retirement which was not enough for a lawyer and a retainer and all of that And I really did want to work it out with my kids and see if I could get over the trauma that he had caused me. I just, I had to know, I needed to walk away so that when my kids were adults, I could say, I literally did everything in my power to make this work. I didn't want to give him a reason to point the finger at me for like, oh, which he ended up doing anyways, so. I I talked with that VA coach because I was like, okay, I've literally, that for me was a fire under my ass. I was like, this is pathetic, Jade. You are almost 30 years old. You have barely any income. You've been dinking around with this VA idea for 18 fucking months. You literally need to get the ball rolling. So you guys know the whole story about how I connect with my VA coach. It was 3,000 paid in full or 1,200 for three months. I did not have the 3,000, obviously, otherwise I would have gotten a divorce lawyer, but I had that 1,400. So I only took out 1,200 and paid for the first month. And then you guys know the rest, right? Everything went well. So in 2020, I had my first six figure year, obviously working as a VA coach. Things were going great in business. And it really gave me that confidence of, I don't need him. I can do this on my own. And it was scary because he had always been the breadwinner. Everything was under his name. I had really bad credit. And for me, that was my first moment of independence. I could not even make it till September. In August, I called a divorce lawyer, started getting my ducks in a row, came back from a girl's trip, and... I that really hit me. I was like I am done. I didn't even feel married. I felt like I had a roommate. Like I already felt in my head like I I was single. And I knew too that it wasn't fair to him to stay in a marriage when all romance was gone, all feelings were gone. If I was to stick it out, it literally would have been so my kids And I almost did. I almost decided to stick it out till they were 18. And I thought about it and I was like, what example do I want to set for my kids? I want them to see both their parents happy. Obviously, we are not happy together. And I obviously wanted to meet somebody else. And I just felt like I had learned so much from that marriage that if I was to go and find someone else that I wouldn't make those same mistakes. I would know what to look for. I know what I would need to do. And yeah, we separated August of 2020. It was not easy. Having to tell, Cooper was too little, but having to tell Kellen what was going on was the worst moment of my life. At that moment, I was just so excited to finally have my head in the right space to make that move that I, I didn't cry when I told him. All I could think about was I am going to be free. I'm going to be free. My kids are going to be happier. My ex hopefully will be happier and more healthy. And that's, I just, I felt hope for the first time. In a really, really long time, finding something that I was so passionate about and being able to make money from that was life changing. I had this confidence that I hadn't had in probably over 10 years. I felt amazing and determined, and like I could just do anything that I wanted. And so, If you are in a similar position where I was, where you just feel like all these bad things keep happening, I want you to know that you are in total control. It may not happen overnight. You guys, I just told you, it took me 11 months, right? To get to a point where I felt comfortable in my decision and felt that I could financially support my kids and all of that. But you are able to write your own chapter, it may hurt. Having to disconnect myself from that trauma bond that I had with him was the hardest thing that I ever had to do because I really had to dig in deep and change my perception. Um, There's this book called Out of the Fog that my therapist recommended. And she recommended it like two years ago. I'm only halfway through it because every time I listen to it, I just bawl because it's so relatable. Literally, I was in this fog for years. I felt like someone had put in these like glasses on me and I wasn't able to see the truth. And it took years and years of therapy for me to see the truth, for me to see him as who he really was. And it was hard because no one else saw him that way. That friend whose 30th birthday it was, that summer, a month or two before I actually left him, I told her what had happened. And you want to know what her response was? Well, haven't you ever lost your temper when you're mad? That was her excuse for him for fucking choking me. At the time, I was shocked. But she had been my friend for 10 years, right? But she was also married to his best friend. I hooked them up. All of my friends, besides my one good friend that's been my friend since I was little, were all spouses of his friends. And I'm sure behind the scenes, they deal with similar shit that I dealt with. But guess what? And actually, I have to say, I know they do, because those women shared stuff with me. And guess what my advice was for them? Leave your husband. But here I was, not speaking out about what was going on in my marriage, and I stayed with him. And it took me a few months to actually realize how fucked up that was for her to say that. About me getting choked. And I'm sure his defense and all of his friends' defenses. well, she's a bitch or she's psycho or she deserved it or she antagonized him. No, because that's the same shit I told myself. I don't care who you are. I don't care how mad you make your partner. There is absolutely no reason for anyone to lay a hand on their partner, female or male. So if you are going through a any type of abuse, I want you to know you are in total control. They are not in control. You are in control, and you are the only one that can make a change. You cannot change other people, but you can control your reactions, your behavior, and you can make that difference in your life. So thank you guys for bearing with me. That was a really, really hard episode to record, but I'm so glad to be finally able to be brave enough to share my story because i know there are so many of you behind the scenes going through it even locally i've had so many women reach out to me and tell me that they have gone through something similar so i am here for you if you guys ever need to talk and i will see you guys again on the next episode i hope that you enjoyed today's show and if you did then please hit subscribe and remember you are amazing you are worthy and you are capable Until next time, Rebels.